When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Bookmarked is brought to you by Libro FM. Get two books for the price of one with your first month of membership using the code BOOKSTACKED. Libro FM has the same audiobooks at the same price as that other audiobook store. You know who. But when you purchase from Libro FM, you're purchasing audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. Be part of a different story and support your community. Again, use promo code BOOKSTACKED when you start your membership at libro.fm. Or check the show notes for a quick link to get started. Offer only valid for new members in the US and Canada. everyone. Welcome to Bookmarked, a young adult book podcast brought to you by Bookstacks.com. My name is Saul and I'm joined by Spencer. Hi everyone. And Eleanor. Hello. So uh, we are super excited to finally meet again for another book club pick. It's been a long time. I think we've only done one this year. But if you listen to the announcement that we released a few weeks ago, you know that we are hoping to fit in a couple of more before the end of the year. I mean, really, we're hoping to fit in a couple more before the show ends. Anyway, one of our favorite things, though, has always been getting together and talking about books we enjoy or just talking about books in general. And the book club has been a wonderful way to do that. So yes, we are hoping to fit in a couple more, starting with Squad by Maggie Tokuda-Hall, illustrated by Lisa Stirl. So, yeah, let's just go ahead and jump in. Uh, so I want to start by asking you, how do you feel about Squad? Just general impressions. Did you like it? Did you dislike it? What are your thoughts? I, I know I did see Eleanor's review on <laughs> on Instagram. I don't know, do we want to start with you, Eleanor? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I ended up giving it two and a half stars, which now that I say it out loud feels a little bit mean. I think I just wanted to enjoy it more than I did. But I also think that's partly because it is such a quick read that I personally need longer things just to get more immersed in the story. And this one just felt like it was over like way too fast. I mean, I read it in like 20 minutes, so that's probably my own fault. But I I enjoyed the premise and like I enjoyed the concept of it. It just didn't quite tick all the boxes for me. I think that's fair. I actually think I share a lot of the same critiques as you for this book. I think I would give it three, maybe three and a half. I love the concept and there's, I think, a really strong message in there as well. But I agree. I do like things that are fleshed out a little bit more, or just, I don't know, longer. But those are definitely things we can talk about in a little bit. 
And it's also just part of, I think, the genre of graphic novels. They have a lot to to fit in. They don't get all of that prose and all of the text. Uh, A lot of it is illustrations and stuff. And I do have to say, I really loved the art style for this book. It was really well done. And just just like the atmosphere of like the darkness and everything. I don't know. It's it's kind of a creepy. (laughs) There's some creepy pages uh, in this in this book and bloody pages as well. (laughs) So, yeah, I think I liked it overall, but I do agree. I think actually of all the book club books we've done thus far, it's probably not my favorite, but I still thought still thought it was a lot of fun. I quite enjoyed reading Scott, but I, I do agree with uh, a lot of what you're saying. I, I think it's almost I was I wasn't going to compare it back to previous book club picks, but now that you've mentioned it, Saul, I mean I think we've also been really lucky to read some really moving and really top tier you know releases in recent times, and I think this was more of like a intended to be a quick fun read, and I think it achieved being a quick fun read. And so I agree that there's maybe some it left you wanting a little bit more. I think especially. Uh, with some of the characters, there's a little bit more depth and, and maybe some backstory and some connections that you would want to get into. But I do think, especially with the timing of, of the book club, it was excellent because it was a really fun, just kind of horror read. And I really liked the kind of genre this is in that's very reminiscent of, I think, some kind of 90s and early 2000s teen horror. Maybe we'll discuss some of some of the influences a little bit later, but it reminded me of a lot of things that, that I've seen before within the genre that was kind of fun. So I, again, I like the art style and and the way it kind of called back to some of the other favorite films from earlier times. Yeah, and I like that you made that distinction too. It, that it's true. I think all of the books that we have read in the book club series of the podcast, they have been really profound. Like like pretty much each one. And this one is more of just a fun, quick read. And I and I think that's totally fine. And it's okay to have books like that. Uh, I think it's good to mix things up a little bit as well. Try something new. I remember after reading like some of Brandon Sanderson's books back in the day, I went and read Anna and the French Kiss in between because sometimes you just you need like a good reset. And it's just good to, to hop into something that's a little bit more lighthearted. Talking about I hope this isn't any of your takeaways, which, of course, if you've been listening to our book club and joining us over the last couple of years, we always do a round of takeaways. Uh, you know, what did we get from this novel? And we're going to do that in a second. But I hope this I'm not stealing one of yours, uh, but to your point, Spencer, how it feels sort of like one of those old time sort of high school flicks. I actually felt like the characters in this story really felt like high schoolers, like the dialogue and just kind of like the things that they were saying and the way they spoke. Again, a lot edgier. If you're if you're uh, somebody who's a little sensitive to language, maybe we have viewers out there who are. You know, maybe that was a turnoff for you. But for me, it felt it felt very realistic, I guess. And you don't always get that. Sometimes when you're reading books, the young characters feel like adults, but these characters really felt like actual high schoolers, just in the way they were talking and everything. So I felt like it really captured the the high school essence. Uh, like I mentioned, we're gonna jump in and sort of talk about our different takeaways. Okay, just as as I alluded to it right off the top, I think one of my takeaways was that uh, horror graphic, horror teen graphic novels are a really fun space um, like that I want to return to. As much as I read graphic novels, I haven't read too many within the horror genre. And this was really fun. And it was fun because it was reminiscent to me of movies like Heather's or Mean Girls or even Jennifer's Body, that it was kind of centered on this click of, of teenage girls. And 
I had a lot of fun with that. And it also made some callbacks to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The the first chapter in this book is called Welcome to Piedmont, Piedmont, however you want to pronounce the name of the town, I wasn't sure, which is uh, similar to the title of the first episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And even in the art style, it felt reminiscent of uh, I felt like Archie comics that I had grown up reading and other kind of earlier teen comics and, and some of the, the art choices. And so with all of that, it felt like it had a strong genre feel. And it's definitely the type of feel like I would want to look for in, in other graphic novels. Yeah, I think you're right. And one of the things I appreciate, too, though, is even though it does harken back to all of those older films, is it felt very modern and contemporary like updated a bit especially in terms of like representation which is something we're always looking for and talking about here at bookstack in large and small details and so i really appreciated that it's it's able to to call back and harken back to some of those classics if lack of a better word but also it's able to recognize like oh we're in 2022 or 2021 and people are diverse and we're celebrating that more and it really leaned into that and and just embraced that through the art style through the characters and their different identities of course there's a the big twist at the end which i guess you can kind of see coming but still was cool to see becca and uh oh my gosh i'm spacing on her name Becca and Marley. Still cool to see Becca and Marley sort of finally like come together at the end because those two really did feel like outsiders in a sense compared to to Ariana and um, Mandy. There was just like a more of a special connection between them. And so I don't know, just embracing those different identities a lot more than some of those older stories that we're acquainted with. I, I really appreciated that. Actually, speaking of Mandy and Marley, I really liked their character arc. And I think of everything in this story, that was probably my favorite thing. It was actually satisfying to kind of see them pull away from from the pack, from the squad. And so for me, uh, what I really appreciated about this story is that, uh, and I think is really great, especially for, for young readers and teenagers, it's that finding your squad or your your group of people, the people that that mean something to you, it's not necessarily always easy. And sometimes like correction has to be made. I think in this case, you have Marley who feels like an outsider, who feels different. Or sorry, not Marley, talk Becca, the main character. She feels like an outsider. She feels different and she, she wants to find her place. And suddenly you have th- uh, this group of girls who is really were really uh, interested in her and who want to bring her in. And there's just, for her, you know, that's really exciting. But as time goes on, she realizes, you know, actually, maybe this isn't the best environment for me. Maybe these people, they don't have my best interest at heart. Um, And, you know, we need to be able to take a stand and like recognize when we need to pull back and we need to find the people that, that do care about us. And so I really appreciated that message. For me, that was honestly the the best part of the entire story. And for me, that was its strength, uh, is that it's willing to explore that because that's so difficult. <laughs> First off, to find friends and to find people. Though so the big question is, are you meeting the right people? Are you surrounding yourself with the right people? And I really appreciated this book because it, it really answered that question. And it really, I feel like, really gave a great message that you sometimes you need to stand up for yourself and stick up for yourself. I actually really appreciate that you brought that up because I, I, I think I kind of struggled to like, find deeper meaning in this book I think probably because it I'd like I read it in one go and it just sort of I'm not used to reading graphic novels so I'm not used to like taking on board the imagery along with the dialogue so now that you've like mentioned that I can see it more 
so I think that's like it's why it's a good it's nice to have people to like talk about books like this with because you get so much more out of it from like listening to someone else because yeah I liked that Becca's really desperate to like be accepted and she wants friends and things but it's nice to show that that's not always how things work out but still things can be good even if like the first bit doesn't last yeah and i think in your uh, in your defense too it really wasn't obvious to me till the very end of the book even though all the seeds are kind of planted there and they establish like especially where becca is in her headspace really early on in the story still for me it wasn't until i got to the very end and you know, she's finally with marley that's where kind of it, it all came together for me and i was able to see that and it took a little bit of time kind of thinking about it too to to really to really catch on to that that theme and that idea yeah, I think the the werewolf element, uh, you know, functioned as a really apt a metaphor in that regard, having that universal teenage and, and I agree with you, Saul, even young adult and adult experience of wanting to find a, a friendship group or wanting to find a squad with which you can um, feel a part of having this pack of werewolves kind of act as that friend group was was, I think, fun. And because you also had the added element of the kind of werewolf dynamics of having an alpha wolf who's in charge, et cetera, and, and the ways that that can, um, I think, be reflected in, in non-werewolf relationships, too. If you've ever been in a group of friends where one person seems to kind of feel like they're the boss of, of the friend group, it's, it's kind of unpleasant, and you sometimes have to find a way to kind of force them out. And so I think that the fantasy elements, the werewolf twist, was, was a good way to explore some of those themes that, that you're pulling at, Saul. Um, what about you, Eleanor? What stuck out to you as you were reading Squad? The well, the biggest thing that stuck out to me was the way that the pack fed, like that they chose specific guys to go after, which in some ways is like, you know, like I've seen it done before in that, you know, they're trying to subvert it by you going after the bad one, like the worst of the worst to try and like validate your actions. You know, I dread how you're going to react to this but you know how like in twilight and edward's always like oh i only kill like the murderers when he was feeding on humans and that like justifies the fact that he has to do it i think um that's kind of been brought in here but i've really liked it and i kind of wish they kind of stuck with that a little bit more just just for the kind of horror element of it because like it is really graphic the way that they go after these men but also like part of you is like yeah do it like part of you kind of justifies them as well even though they're doing something horrific there's still a little part of you like the way that I think they've written it and the way that the images work with it to show like these men are being like predatory and just generally awful you kind of want them to get justice and you kind of feel bad about it because it's like an incredibly horrific form of it's not even justice but you know like yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, I was just saying maybe a vengeance. Like it's not necessarily yeah. justice, but it's vengeance. Or I, I really like that twist. It makes you question who is actually the predator. Is it the wolves or are it these, you know, these men who are taking advantage of, of women? Throughout kind of history, you often see werewolves used as kind of a representation of the monster within, you know, as humans are turning into these these ferocious beasts. And in this case, you did really question who were the monsters? Was it 
was it these young women or was it these young men uh, who's really doing the monstrous thing here? And I think it was a really interesting representation of, of almost kind of maybe some of the anger that Becca and the other young girls were feeling within for the way that they had been uh, obviously treated by these young men. And even um, I was noticing, I think the book included a lot of moments where uh, there were almost kind of these microaggressions that Becca was experiencing, either comments that her mom would make or comments that her classmates would make about her being Asian, um, about her being queer, um, about her being a girl that she just kind of didn't respond to in those moments. There were just these like microaggressions that would happen and she would just kind of swallow and and go on with things. But then I think when she was presented with this choice to become a werewolf and to be given power, I could see why she decided to actually join the group and say, yeah, actually, as a young teenager who is feeling left out and who is feeling put down, someone is offering me some power and a way to do something about it. And I'm going to take that. And so, again, I think the, the werewolves worked because um, I think I could understand Becca's motivation. And like Eleanor said, I uh, found myself uh, kind of sickly cheering for um, some of these feeding moments when they're attacking these men out in the forest. And I'm like, yeah, get them, go for it. And I'm kind of questioning why am I feeling that way? So I think it worked. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's a really good metaphor for like feminine rage, just generally like, you know, you see a lot of women say that they always feel like they have this like anger inside of them all the time, or like they're always on the edge of something dramatic. And I think this is a really interesting way to explore that. And especially in like a teenage body that is also emotions are even more heightened and you're trying to figure out who you are. Um, I think it's a really interesting way of like dealing with that feeling of just being angry at the world and how the world treats you, whether it's Becca because of her heritage or because Marley's kind of, I don't know, they kind of treat her as like a bit of like the dumb one, you know, and like there's always the trio, you know, they each have their own things to be insecure on, their own things that other people make fun of them for, but then they have this one thing that like bonds them together. I just, yeah, I just really enjoyed the way that that kind of works as a metaphor for the the werewolf being like, uh, in other literature, the wealth is kind of generally men like becoming this personification of like manliness in air quotes. Um, whereas in this, it's doing that for the woman instead. And it's yeah, I quite liked that there's a trope, I think, being subverted there. I agree. And I liked even the the look of the werewolves felt like that, too. They were a little more like sleek and slim and almost snake-like and they kind of almost creeped and crawled as opposed to just this ferocious display of angry masculinity or something and so I think even the art did a really good job of yeah subverting some of those werewolf tropes yeah there was just something really cool about their design like they just looked actually creepy and scary like if you took the silhouette of them and like I don't know, you were to go camping or you would go out into a forest and like you saw that in the distance, that would freak you out. Like I, I just thought it was really, really great. Um, That's kind of something that I've always kept an eye on when I'm looking at fantasy stories that have werewolves. I'm, I'm always looking at the werewolf design because I usually want something that's kind of creepy and freaky. And oftentimes they don't really deliver, but I felt like this one did a really good job at that. Since we were just commenting on the art style of, of the werewolves, before we move on, I thought it would be good to just 
ask uh, what were your thoughts on just the art of the story, especially if reading graphics novels is, is kind of new to you. I'm always interested to hear how you felt the art played a role in the story. For me, I really liked it. Like I mentioned before, it felt kind of reminiscent of the style of early kind of teen comics like Archie and Sabrina. But I particularly loved the fashion. Um, I felt like the illustrator did an excellent job in capturing all the different outfits, especially because in graphic novels, it, it can be typical to see, uh, you know, a character in the exact same clothes for the entire story, uh, you know, like you come to expect in TV shows and things, right, where it's just easier to draw the character the same way every time. And so the fact that in this story, the girls had like these completely different outfits for every party or every occasion, I thought it really added to the story. And I'm wondering if there's any other parts of the art that stuck out that, that you you two noticed. I think I noticed that too a little bit. Also, speaking of which, just shout out to that old, old, I mean, this is really going to age myself, Nickelodeon show uh, as told by Ginger. That was an animated cartoon where they changed their outfits in every episode. I remember that was a really unique thing about that show. Uh, what I really liked about the art style in this case was sometimes it, for lack of a better word, it seemed sloppy but like intentionally. So for example, when they would have like those wider shots, establishing shots at like a party or something, artists didn't feel the need to like draw every little detail of a person's face. Sometimes you would have um, even characters that are like missing an eye or something. And it's just like, you know, it was intentional. It wasn't a mistake. And I think it really lent itself to like the action sequences. And that's one of the things I really enjoy about graphic novels is how do they capture action because they're just still they're just still images but sometimes you know you might have characters that are showing action like they, their their motions might be blurry or like their shape or the form of them or the details might not all be there and that's just showing that there's movement going on in the panel or in the, on the page and uh, i thought they did a really good job with that and especially um in all of those like party scenes because that's where that's where all the murders are happening yeah and on top of that it felt like i could watch it happen as well like I felt really really easy to imagine it being like a tv show like a cartoon tv show and watching those sequences felt even more alive than it would do in um, a traditional novel yeah it brings the the horror to life and I think they did a good job too of balancing like it was pretty gruesome but it wasn't like too gruesome you know, like it kind of left some up to your imagination, which I think is probably a good choice. Um, but I liked even uh, like the the chapter pages or the breaks between chapters uh, kind of had like blood splattered pages, little choices like that that just kind of reminded you like this is a horror and this is can only go wrong. Like there's only only bad things ahead if you're going to keep reading. Um, one of the things that was mentioned earlier was that because it's a graphic novel, like obviously there are a lot of strengths, like the art, for example, but then there's it's got limitations, right? Uh, you don't have the, the prose that you might normally be used to in a novel. And I don't read a ton of comics and graphic novels, but I have, I, mean, I think I've read a lot over the years, but they're not like my go-to genre usually. Going into it, I kind of expected, you know, not to quite get like the super, super deep. Uh, well, I don't want to say super deep. I think there are a lot of like really deep comics and graphic novels out there but you know I, I knew what kind of experience to expect coming into it that said there were some things that I wish they had maybe like really fleshed out a little bit more one of the things that kept coming to me was and of course eventually it, it does come up 
But, you know, as it's going month by month and they're like murdering more and more people, I'm like, why are we not hearing any news about people like freaking out about this string of murders that has apparently been going on for two years? And eventually they do bring that in. But that's like one of those things where, you know, I wonder if because you can only have so many pages in a, in a, no, in a graphic novel, um, you know, the pages have to be thick and hefty to support all the ink. So that just means less pages you know, in the actual binding of the book. I wondered if those are type of things that could have maybe been explored a bit more. What's her name? Allison, who shows up at the end. I thought she was a super interesting character, but she's mentioned at one point and then she's very quickly introduced just in time for the for the resolution of the of the story. I wondered if some of those things could have been fleshed out a bit more uh, if it had been in a different format. I felt like a lot of it was quite surface level, like not the themes necessarily, but like the characterization. Like you don't really know anything about the characters at all. And that was something that kind of bothered me a little bit with this. Even especially Becca, like, you know, we see her with a mom and they've obviously got a really fraught relationship and there's clearly like all sorts of stuff going on behind there, but we don't actually get to hear about any of it. And we don't know about Becca's past or her previous school or like, I just wanted to know a little bit more about the characters. Um, I think that's why I struggled to kind of really get invested in it because I didn't have anything to make me really care about the characters like I didn't I didn't feel like I knew them enough to really get that involved yeah I would agree I think that's maybe the the weaker point of of the book is is the characterization or or kind of lack of depth to some of the characters and their stories and um and and a, a good thing is like it leaves you wanting that right like the characters are are enjoyable and interesting enough that you you want more of it um, but I do also wish, yeah, we saw a little bit more to the mom or a little bit more to Becca and Marley's relationship. And for me in particular, I also was very interested in the Allison character and the fact that you had this whole other wolf pack that was operating in a similar way that had, you know, other wolves that we hardly, hardly met at all. Um, so I feel like there could have been, yeah, more given to some of those side characters. Like I said earlier, there are I think there are a lot of graphic novels and comics out there that that do accomplish these things. And so part of me wonders if maybe this could have been longer or should have been longer or maybe even especially because as much as it sucks, like you just want to think that art is art. But it's also like especially in books, it's actually a product and there are marketing and business decisions that have to be made. So I'm sure uh the writer and illustrator are all working and editors are all working within these limitations. But, you know, then I kind of wonder, too, like, could it even be uh, is this a larger story that could be told in volumes or something? We we all seem to agree that we are wanting more from this story and that it, it started out with an excellent premise. And so this might be a surprise to you. I'm interested to hear your reactions. It was a surprise, a surprise to me when I finished reading and I looked up some uh, reviews about the the novel and things. And as I was Googling, this graphic novel is actually optioned for film. It's going to be turned into a either a movie or a TV series. And that was agreed on before the graphic novel was even released, which was interesting. And what was interesting to me was that it was purchased by Picture Start, um, which is a relatively new company whose name I recognized in the news because they also just bought the rights to Iron Widow, one of our previous um, book club selections that we all loved. The I don't know what his title would be, the owner or the president or the big producer at Picture Start is also was a producer behind Twilight, Hunger Games, Divergent, a whole ton of other 
uh, you know, YA movies that you would have loved over the years. This picture start is a company that formed in 2019 with major investors like Warner Brothers and Scholastic gave them a ton of money and they've agreed to adapt some Scholastic books like Animorphs. So that's a lot of information. But all that to say, I was kind of surprised, pleasantly so, that a big, big production company with some big names behind it um, is going to adapt this. And I'm quite confident that they'll turn it into something really quite good with with the history of all those other movies that we mentioned that we've all loved so much. This could be something really, really special and coming down the line. Yeah, I think his name is Eric Feig is the guy. And like you mentioned, he he's a pretty big name in YA that nobody readers probably don't know his name. But within the industry, his name is very well recognized. Like he's the guy who buys up all the rights to all the the books. I just did a quick search for him on Bookstacked because we've written articles about him. He's like got Night Circus, you know, 10 years ago, even Eleanor and Park and things like that. So this is the same. These are the same people. Uh, and that's exciting. I, I actually think that this could really lend itself to a TV show format. I feel like the first half of this novel works as like the first episode alone. And because of that, you know, if you, even if you have like five episodes, you could really expand on this story a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot there to explore. Yeah, I feel like it could be like a modern day. Well, it's like a new new version of like Vampire Diaries and, um, you know, those sorts of TV shows that were on when I was younger. Could be like the new generation's version of that. You know, it's got much more like depth to it. It's got all these uh, social issues and representation and stuff in it. But also it's got that YA kick that is really going to drive a lot of people to watch it, I think. Yeah, I think it could really work as as a TV show. And, and I just thought it was quite a coincidence that in the same week I was hearing about Iron Widow, another book selection pick. I was like, maybe Eric Feig wants to reach out to us uh, to be a part of his team because we seem to have similar tastes in, um, in book selections. So if he needs some help choosing his next adaptation, maybe it should be our next book club pick. Yeah, it's not like we'll be podcasting, so we'll have plenty of time. <laughs> That's a sad way to <laughs> to end things uh, with that reminder. <laughs> no, but that's great. Thanks, Spencer. I clearly didn't Google enough. Um, and I didn't know that coming into this. So that's actually really good to hear because it is one of those things where I feel like it is such a solid premise. I feel like even the characters, like Eleanor said, I would I would like to know more about them, but you know, for what we get they're I think they're pretty solid. Um, and I think there's a lot that can really be like, I think that this, this is a really great foundation for something like a TV show. Like it would be a great, great start to, to something that could be really cool. Well, I think that's everything we have for uh, this book club discussion, I'm trying to keep it a bit short. It was a short book, but it was a lot of fun. And I, again, I just think it was perfect for the season. So thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed Squad. We hope you enjoyed listening to our book club discussion. Do you guys want to let people know where they can find you on social media? Yeah, so uh, you can find me on a new bookstagram account, which is athenies.ow. And you can find me on Instagram at yacanadabooks. Just to let people know, both Eleanor and Spencer are like Instagram wizards and they're amazing at it. Uh, so <laughs> not me on the other hand, I'm not much of a, a bookstagram or anything, but if you wanted to follow me, you could look up uh, Solmark. It's S-E-U-L-M-E-R-Q on Twitter or Instagram. Follow me there. All of those will be in the show notes so you can get to, to those accounts very quickly. And of course you can also follow Bookstacked. Just look up Bookstacked on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And you can also follow this podcast at Bookmarked YA. 
Uh, we hope to see you there. And again, we are going to have, we're, we're hoping to have at least one more book club episode coming out. So please uh, keep an eye on your feed. We'll re- be announcing what that is uh, pretty soon. And yeah, until then, bye. 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 bye.